Coming to you from the Eon Project Studios, perched high atop the banks of the majestic Blackstone River. Greetings from the jewel of the Blackstone Valley. You're listening to Experts of Nothing with Mike and Jay. Oh. All right. Welcome, welcome to another exciting edition of the Eon Project with a new wrinkle today. There is a wrinkle. Uh, there's a there's a worldwide web audience uh, overlooking the studio as millions we speak. of people can now see us. Millions, uh, I guess potentially. D- dozens of people can now see us. There's probably one guy eating his Cheerios. Yeah, uh, he's wondering what we're doing. Either on, that, or he's on the toilet on his Facebook Live. Well, welcome to another edition of the Eon Project, where we discuss all manner of things. Yeah, uh, pertaining to all manner of topics. Yeah, so we uh, we run the gamut of uh, topics here on the Eon Project. As a matter of fact. And uh, last week, yeah. we had a special guest. We did, and it was a great show. We got a lot of listeners uh, listen to, the, to that program. Um, although we did run into some, some technical difficulties that are heretofore unexplained. They were unexplained. You know, I've been doing this for I a while. I heard you swallow really loud just now Ooh. with your tea. Mm. That was delicious tea. Warm tea. Mm. Uh, no, so I've been doing this. Uh, we've been doing this for a little while now. Oh, by the way, this is a foreboding. This is episode 13. Yes, this is the, the Triskaidekaphobia edition. Yeah. Of I've never had a fear of the number 13. I don't really think it's that big of a deal. No, I don't either. But anyway, so, uh, you know, I've had this uh, studio set up. Doing, they do numerous uh, uh, things on here. You know, obviously we do the show, we mm-hmm. do music, we do all kinds of stuff. Do, do lots of things in the studio. I've never had a technical difficulty as we had last week, well, right around the 18-minute mark. And, and you, if you noticed, and, and if you didn't listen to the show, please go back and listen to episode 12. It's a very interesting show if you can get past the uh, the technical difficulties that we had. Um, but it, it's, it's very auspicious mm. in that it happened at a very specific time in the program where our guest... Uh, Nicole LaHousse, Nicole Magic LaHousse. That's right. Was discussing uh, someone who had passed away in her home. And apparently what I found out after, I did converse with Nicole after the show, um, that she uses, uh, she, she does a lot of different programs. She, she does a lot of um, a lot of different things, Nicole does. And she references that person specifically in some of her uh, productions and some of her things. Yeah. And she thinks that maybe it was angry at her. Really? And well, it could have been, and that's what caused the. And so uh, it, it caused that. Um, yeah. That staticky malfunction. Well, we don't really know what happened. And uh, it continued throughout the course of the rest of the show for some. It did. It continued for the rest of the rest of the beginning of the show is fine. We encouraged we encouraged some uh, technical difficulties, and we did actually did struggle with uh, not releasing it at all. Yeah. Uh, we decided to release it as is, just in case there was some sort of weirdo message in there. Hey, what it, it is, what it is, and uh, you know it's. You can't actually kind of hear what's going on. It's it's you a can bit hear it. it's a bit annoying and it's unbearable at times, yeah. but uh, you know you can still hear it. You I can guess. hear it. But we're not, hopefully we won't have those issues again today. We're on Facebook Live for our first experimentation in that pro- over in there. that process. Hello, friends, and uh, hopefully Ho- yeah, hopefully there's nothing on there that they that I don't want them to see. Well, you have pants on, which I, is a novelty. I do. Yeah, no, normally for the broadcast you don't have any pants. Hey, something that happened um, in the midst of the uh, the interference that we had last week. I wanted to give a shout out, and, and I did give the shout out, but um, you know, I don't know if that person was able to hear it or not, or got to that point of the show. Uh, a Mr. Sebastian, oh yeah, uh, a loyal listener from Tennessee. Yeah, um, we talked about Sebastian. We before. did, we did last week. We did, but it got it was at the staticky portion, so I don't know if you heard it. Oh, so let's do it say, again. I want to say hi, Sebastian. Hey, buddy. Thank you for your uh, loyal uh, listenership. Yeah, and uh, I I did send the uh, the fridge magnet as promised. Yep. And you should be getting it if you haven't gotten it already. It should be coming within the next couple of days or so. And we did get some responses for the for the free, totally free fridge magnet, Eon Project free fridge magnet. We but, but we still have some left. So drop us a note at the Eon Project at yahoo.com. That's T H E E O N Project at yahoo.com. Or you can find us on our site, uh, which is theeonproject.com. That's also right. on Facebook and also on Twitter. Hey, I want to give you a quick update on uh, a couple weeks or maybe it was last week. I talked about. Um, a new electric shaver that I that I bought. Oh, I want to hear the update on the shaver. So I hadn't used it yet because I hadn't received it since the last time we spoke. Right. But I've been using it uh, faithfully for mm-hmm. the past week or so. Just on your face, though. On my face. Yeah, it's it's a. I had the facial head on there. Yeah. And uh, what a shave! I must you say. Happy with it. So I put a uh, I put a I splash a little uh, pre-shave lotion on there uh-huh. you know it stands the whiskers right up mm-hmm. and uh and the shaver just it does a number on your face you know you go over it uh, pretty good and uh gets you nice good. and smooth no finish it up with a little club man no perfect no the be- the best shave i ever had was uh, the art of shaving mm. products have you used the art of shaving i have very it. expensive very premium brand uh, and if you're listening to the program right now and you want to get mike a gift <laughs> uh the the art of shaving products are always well appreciated so 
Anyway, today's episode is a, a little bit different. We don't have a special guest today, but we are going to be discussing some, some uh, 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 well, a couple of different places that are here to the uh, local to the area where we record mm. um, that are accessible to the public and involve, uh, let's see, they involve history, the paranormal, uh, military history, all sorts of things, uh, some sort of a weirdo uh, physical characteristics and stuff like that. We're going to get into that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's it, just to prepare the palate, it's called Nine Men's Misery, Ooh. which that doesn't mean nine men uh, got married and subsequently divorced. No. That would be bad. That is a, that is a, that is misery beyond words, although I wouldn't yeah. know because I myself have never been divorced. No. But, uh, hopefully never and will. hopefully never will. And um, yeah. How about you? You happily yeah, married? Slurpy. Yeah, I'm happily married. Yeah. Happily married for many, many years. Mm. So I wanted to bring something up to you. Please. Uh, and it just occurred to me uh, as I was hearing, you know how, okay, you know how at either award ceremonies or um, sporting events or whatever, what have you, mm. sometimes a person will get on, like the, the MC or whoever's running the event will get on and they'll say, put your hands together for Jay. And then everybody claps their oh, hands. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've how heard that a lot in my life, actually. You've heard that, right? Yeah. So how come they say, put your hands together? Wouldn't that just sound like this? So put your and then everybody does. Everybody in the audience goes. Yeah. So one you, time. You're supposed to put your hands together uh, repeatedly. Repeatedly. Yeah. So what they should say. Yep. Is let's put your hands repeatedly in a rapid fashion for an extended period. Like this. That's how they should say it. Yeah. Because if you just hear this, mm. that's everybody putting their hands together one time. I don't understand where that comes from. I don't either. Is this what you thought about last night while you were trying to go so, to sleep? Sometimes, yeah. You know, you get those weird thoughts in your head. Oh, I have them in my head now. So I wanted to actually, I wanted to talk to you uh, real briefly and give a plug. Please plug to a it. program that. Um, that I uh, discovered on uh, on Amazon Prime. I love the Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime is good. You get so many things there, the, the, the total package. Yeah, Amazon Prime is good. Anyway, there's a show uh, actually by a, by a friend of the show, uh, Jeff Belanger. Yes. Uh, has a new program, which is called New England Legends. Oh. Uh, have you seen it? I haven't. Okay, so check it out. It's, I've seen Jeff, though. If you, Yeah, he's a good guy. So if you have uh, Amazon Prime, if you don't have Amazon Prime, get it because it's worth it. But if you if you have it. Uh, it's called New England Legends, and it's Mr. Jeff Belanger, who is a uh, he's been a guest on uh, our program in the past, mm-hmm. uh, and we've met in person. Actually, I've, I've been on his show as well, uh, his thirty odd minutes show, which was a lot of fun. Yes, uh, but you can find the show. He he delves into a lot of New England legends. Um, he actually visits the places, and he's an entertaining guy. Anyways, check it out. It's well worth a watch. Speaking of a, of past guests, and we're gonna get right into the topic here in a second. But so we had a past guest a few years back when Mike and I um, had our. AM radio program, which is was similar to this, a little bit different, different name and uh, a little know, bit we different were, format. We're still green in this in this field. We're way better now. We were green as far as speaking into microphones go, but now with seasoned veterans, yes, but, yes, uh, with English accents. Uh, his name was Scott Walter. Oh yeah, and Scott Walter. Uh, actually, I have a couple of his books over here on the shelf. Over here, and we'll talk more about him in a minute. But uh, he he talked a little bit about something that we're going to be discussing today. So. Uh, I think what we're going to do as a follow-on to this program, I may go back, we may go back and um, post that Scott Walter video. Right. Um, he's an author. He's a geologist. He's done shows on the History Channel. Yes. And uh, believe it or not, he came on a show with us. He was a great guest, actually. Very knowledgeable, nice guy. He was so good, we put off our commercials, because we had commercials at the time. <laughs> we had sponsors and Sponsors everything. weren't happy about that. No. Anyway. anyway you want to get into this? Yeah, what? so let's get into it. So, uh, we're actually going to, we're going to rewind the clock to a period in history of American history that most people have no idea even existed. Um, and that's going to be the period before the Revolutionary War, which most people think that, you know, America, you know, the Pilgrims landed and the next thing that happened was the Revolutionary War. However, mm. there was a very long period of time between those two events. And uh, there was actually a lot of different uh, conflicts and stuff like that that took place in the colonies. We're going to talk a little bit about an incident that took place during King Philip's War, yeah. which was 1675 to 1676. Now, do the math. 1675 is about a hundred. Well, it is a hundred years before the American Revolution. So imagine the United States. Well, the United States as it was, the colonies of, mm. of England at the time, a um, hundred years before the Revolution. So we're talking about early colonial period. So when you say King Philip, you're referring to Metacom. That's the, correct. Uh, so King Native Phil- American chief. That's, that's correct. So okay. King Philip was the was the English Anglicized name that was given to Metacom, who was the uh, leader of a conglomerate of native forces. You know what's ironic is there's a there's a good golf course uh, in the local area called Metacomet. Ah, named yes, after uh, Chief Metacom. And actually Metacom was a was a uh, offspring of Massasoit. Mm. And Massasoit as we all know was the Indian chief that was presiding over the Indians who met the pilgrims, which I didn't know if you knew that. Massasoit. Massasoit. Right. It's a cool name. Anyway, so King Philip's War, a lot of people don't know about it, which is a shame because 
Uh, it's not mentioned much, but it, it's actually one of the bloodiest conflicts uh, in the in world's history as far as per capita. Did you know this? Ah, no. So approximately 10% of the population was killed during 10% King of the War. local area. Right. So let's put that in terms of modern day. So let's say, how many people are in America? 400 million? About that? I, I, don't, I don't have the number, but it's hundreds of millions. Hundreds of millions. Let's say it's 400 million. That would mean 40 million casualties. Oh. It's about the same impact. But at as, that time, they were only like 100 white men. So that no, was pretty bad. No, it was bad. more than that. So oh. anyway, so it was uh, one of the bloodiest conflicts. Uh, 17 white settlements were destroyed. Mm -hmm. Countless natives were killed. Uh, it was it was just a horrible uh, conflict. It only took place uh, over about a year period. It all started actually. This is right up my alley. This is a military history. Yeah, around the, the colonial period. I have a lot of background in that area, so I'm going to talk about it for a little. Okay, for a minute. You want to talk about your uh, your very impressive <clears throat> thesis you wrote about? Uh, yes, I will discuss that on a future episode. Marksmanship. How, marksmanship. Yes. However, so uh, it actually, all started when there was a uh, there was a the, you know are you familiar with the term praying Indian? A praying Indian. Yes. Is that like the lady on the Lando Lakes container? That's about right. Oh. Anyway, so a praying Indian was what they, the English the English colonists used to call Indians who were um, uh, sympathetic to their cause and helped them out and stuff like that and, ah. and actually became uh, uh, converted from the pagan religion. I see. So praying referring to Christianity. That's of correct. Sorts. So basically, any 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 native that they that they had converted would become a praying Indian. Yes. Anyway, a praying Indian by the name of John Sassamone Ooh. was found murdered. Well, he was found dead uh, underneath the ice uh, in, in the Massachusetts Bay Colony. Mm -hmm. And because he was a praying in, in Indian and a sympathizer to the English, English the English uh, colonists believed that he had, be, uh, had been murdered by other natives who were upset at him. I see. Uh, a turncoat, if you will. That's correct. So basically three of uh, Medicom's men, of uh, natives, were rounded up, tried, convicted, and uh, were killed, mm -hmm. were, were executed. And as a result... The Indians uh, raided some villages, and then the, the colonists responded, and so on and so forth. And then you have a war. Yes. That's basically what happened. So it was nasty fighting. They didn't care about women, children, on, on either side. Uh, didn't care. Women, pretty brutal. Children. They would just kill everybody yeah. who was in the town. Uh, and that's, it was just nasty. If you ever want to do some reading on it, um, there's a really good book by uh, an author by the name of Jill Lepore, which I believe it's called The Name of War. Mm. It's about, the, uh, it's about the, the King Philip's War conflict. Check it out. Anyway... So, we're going to go to a specific day. You ready? I'm going. I'm ready. March, let's, let's go. Yeah. March 26, 1676. So, towards the end of the conflict, there was a, uh, a contingent of men uh, left Rehoboth, Massachusetts. You know where Rehoboth is? I do. That's down by... Down, uh, 195 there. Yeah. Down yeah. The, uh, the, uh, the, towards the Cape there. For those people who are listening who have no idea what the heck we're talking about. Nope. Anyway, they left Rehoboth under the command of a man named Captain Michael Pierce, um, and they actually were... were Headed out to find some Indians to kill. That's basically what they were. Here's trying what to do. I find amazing to me, because yeah. uh, just quickly, the, the ends sure. up ends up happening. Uh, they go from Rehoboth, they end up in Cumberland at some point. Yeah, we'll get, yes. It's amazing how they got around. You know, you yeah. think about it now. That's that's even driving there. Well, you know, it takes you, takes some time. You're correct. However, when you think about the times, there was no, um, you know, there were no roads like you say. However, everything was as the crow flies, basically. So you just walk in straight lines, and if you look at things in straight line terms, mm. it's actually not that far. Mm. So anyway, so they stepped off as in marching. Uh, 60 men, and they were actually led into an ambush by some uh, some turncoat double agent Indians. How did they do the land nav? You think? Did they have compasses and things? How they get? How did they get around? They would just throw a crow in the air and they would follow it. Oh, I have no idea how they did it. They warged into a crow. No, they had they they used uh, dead reckoning and they used the uh, they used celestial uh, alignments. Mm. I have no idea, man. I'll I'll find out. <laughs> anyway, so they were ambushed by about a thousand Indians along the Seekonk River, and a majority of the colonists, including Captain Pierce, were killed. Uh, but, uh, you know, there were some that survived, and there was actually nine uh, Amer uh, American, there were nine English colonists who were captured, including one by the name of Benjamin Buckland. Oh, it's going to become very him. famous in our story. Yeah. So anyway, so nine of them were captured by the Indians, and uh, they, they, they were carried, well, carried, they were led into the woods around present-day Cumberland, Rhode Island, to a native camp not far from a tributary of the Blackstone River. Uh, this is, as you said, present-day Cumberland, Rhode Island. It's actually on the site of the... Cumberland Library, present day. Right, which we'll talk more which in depth about We're going to talk about here. that in a minute. Sure. So anyway, so he was really concerned about what was going to happen to him, Benjamin Buckland, and do you want to know why? He, he was concerned? Yeah. Probably I, I because, would be. Because word about what happened to Indian captives had spread yeah. throughout, the, throughout the land. Well, I would instill fear in, I think, just about anybody. Yes. However, and he was afraid. However, Mr. Benjamin Buckland was far different from your everyday average European col colonist. 
He was abnormally tall. Did you know that? It was said that he was well over six feet in height mm. at a time when the average male was between 5'5 five five and 5'6. Five oh, I would have been above average back then. You would have been above average. I would have felt like a giant. He was, he was, a, he was definitely a giant. He must have looked like a literal giant, but beside his, beyond his massive height, he actually had an even more abnormal physical trait that made him unique. It was said that he had a double set of teeth oh. in that he had two sets of teeth all the way around. Imagine that. Like, imagine a, the ortho- like, like oh, a shark. Imagine the orthodontist bill. For Mr. Benjamin Buckland. He probably didn't have many teeth. They didn't have uh, good oral hygiene back no, then. No, but he had a double row of them. He used to scrub with corn brushes and things. Yeah. So anyway, although verified actual accounts of what befell Buckland and his compa- compatriots at the native camp are not recorded, uh, local tradition has it that the men were tortured to death. While not all Indian captives were disposed of in this manner, the circumstances of what came to be known as Pierce's fight, along with the high tensions being experienced by both sides, um, of the conflict, recently escalating conflict, led many to believe that the colonists met their fate being tortured to death. Mm-hmm. Now, you want to hear about some of the torture techniques that the Indians would have I used? Hear, I want to hear some of the uh, the brutal and disturbing and grotesque ways that they used to kill Gr- human beings. Grotesqueries. So some accounts dictate that uh, they would skin them alive, mm. meaning they would just... And, and you know, uh, actually, Game of Thrones reference, uh, flaying alive, which was yeah. the manner of death of the Boltons. That's right. They would hang you upside down. And they met their demise, though, didn't they? The Boltons did. Hey, yeah. quick, a quick aside. What were your thoughts on the last uh, episode? If you're a Game of Thrones, uh, oh, let's talk about watcher. that after. Let's get to that after. You want to? Yeah, we'll get into that. All after. right, you're gonna derail. You're gonna derail the story. So anyway, so they would uh, skin them alive sometimes. Uh, other times they would suspend them and have their skin slowly sp- sliced open, and burning embers were placed into the wounds. This Doesn't is all while they're exciting? alive. They're hanging there. What this is they all while they, they're they must, alive. They must. They must. They must uh, Tie them up in, a, in some yeah, fashion. Yeah, they would be hang, hung and in, in, in by all, uh, yeah, and, and sometimes upside down, sometimes right side up. And they mm. would cut little slices into their skin and put burning embers in there Ooh. until they died. That sounds like a, a fun way to go. And they complain about waterboarding these days. Right. Imagine so, if we did that. No. And so the gruesome experience was uh, repeated until they died. So whatever the methodology was, the fact is that these nine colonists were killed and left unburied in the area surrounding the present Cumberland Public Library. And mm. we'll talk about how to get there. Uh, because it's a public site and you can get there. Um, the Indians evidently broke camp and they moved on. Slowly, word of what happened to the colonists spread throughout the countryside. You know how that happened back in the day. Oh, word of mouth. Word of mouth. So uh, some colonists came upon the scene, found the, the dead col- uh, the dead compatriots, and then they buried them and they placed a marker over the grave. Um, as word of this massacre uh, spread, the, you know, the war intensified. But by the summer of 1676, the war was over and actually ended when Metacom was, was captured and killed, mm-hmm. which that's not good. Well, I mean, he, they, I, I guess they would have been justified at that point. Yeah, well, it was like I said, it was a war. They caught him, they killed him, and so on and so forth. However, by 1790, rumors, began, rumors about the massacre and the freakish nature of Benjamin Buckland's appearance had become a local legend. A man named <laughs> Dr. Bowen from Providence, Rhode Island, which is nearby, mm-hmm. was intrigued by the, by, by the description of Buckland. And he wanted to examine the remains for his medical research. So he led an expedition to the site to exhume the body. This is 1790. So this is 100 years later, more than 100 years later. So working under the cover of night, because, you know, that wasn't allowed back in the day. You couldn't just go in and, no. and dig up bodies. So like lantern light and things By like that. By lantern light and yeah. things of that sort. So they were able to exhume the, res- the remains of Buckland, and they confiscated his skull before the local townspeople drove them away, probably with pitchforks and some sort of torch, hmm. if I had to imagine. So... But reports of the skull from the time said that it was, in fact, abnormally large and did contain a double row of teeth. Later accounts relay that Buckland's skull was donated to the Rhode Island Historical Society sometime in the, late, in the 1800s, but the skull has gone missing, and records don't indicate what may have befallen it. I bet you if he lived today and he wore a ball cap, you know, he'd have the ball cap. You know how they have the notches in the back? Yeah. He'd probably have to use the very last notch that barely yeah, he, hangs on. He'd have the big head. Yeah. Yeah. So today, the site of the massacre is known as Nine, Men, Nine Men's Misery, and that's because of, you know, the, the horrible death that these nine folks endured right. on this site. You can get to it, and it's easily accessible by a short stroll through a wooded area directly behind the Cumberland Library. And actually, we've, we've been there, and I want to talk about that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, if you go to the Cumberland Library, they'll give you a map of how to find it. There's, like, they have these hand-drawn maps that they have, and a lot of people go with yeah. You know, just for that, just to look around. But it is not a very well-traveled site. You won't normally find people back there because it is a little bit of a stroll from the main road. Um, but, however, there was, and I know you're going to talk about the Cistercian Monastery that was nearby. Uh, but So, ultimately, there was a, a Cistercian Monastery built 
And the monks didn't want anybody robbing the graves or vandalizing the site because it had became somewhat of a legendary area. They put a cement, um, they put a cement marker <laughs> over the grave in the 1920s. So they, they constructed that right over the original marker that the original colonists put on. So that actually makes the location the oldest veterans memorial in the United States. That's true. So a lot of people don't know that. Uh, and it's become somewhat of a local attraction for fans of the paranormal and strange stuff. In fact, there are there's actually numerous reports of ghostly phenomenon that's said to occur at this site, including everything from general feelings of uneasiness to full-bodied apparitions. Then uh, there's also reports of a uh, a phantom horse galloping that's around. Yeah. So yeah. So the, some of the reports that we've that we've heard over the years, and this this is not a very well-known site, even in New England, a lot of people don't know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it should be more famous. It's a very eerie site. We've been there. Um, but some of the reports are of a uh, ghostly horseman that will ride up behind you as you're on one of the trails. That's right. And we've been back there. Some You can get lost pretty easy back there. Yeah, There's a lot uh, of weirdo trails. Very, that go. Yeah, it's very wooded. There's trails that go in uh, various directions. Yep. Um, and if you, like Mike said, if you if you get the map, you can follow one of the trails to the actual uh, stone carn. Is that how you yeah, say it? Carn? Karn, Karn. Is it Cairn or Carn? Cairn. Something. Yeah, something like C-A-R-N. that. C-A-R-N. But anyway, you can see the plaque. Yep. Um, and on the plaque, it actually says Nine Men's Misery. It does. It says, uh, and I'll quote it if I may. Yeah, go ahead. It says, on this spot. Y- you listening? Mm-hmm. Oh, you- you're sipping over there. I was sipping my coffee. Oh, you just ruined my mojo, man. You said on this spot. Oh, on I'm this right spot. I'm right here, man. I'm not going anywhere. On this spot where they were slain by the Indians were buried the nine soldier- soldiers captured in Pierce's fight, March 26, 1676. So... The plaque is there. Um, and yeah, let's talk about a little bit about our experience there. Yeah, so it's something of a, of a personal nature. Yeah, just to, just to uh, just to back up a second. So, uh, round about I would say eight, uh, 1900, late 1800s, early 1900s, the uh, Cistercian monks, the Order of the Trappists. Ooh, the Trappists. Yeah, they trap things. They go around. Is that what they call them? Now? They they set little traps for things. They do. They trap little beavers. Oh, and uh, this is a family show. They capture them and then they mm. set them free. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went under the uh, uh, the guidance of Dom John Murphy. Dom John Murphy? Yeah, who was the leader of the Cistercians. Wasn't he in a movie uh, in the 70s uh, about a guy with a, with a two by four? That was that was Big John Studd, wasn't oh. he? He was a professional wrestler. Oh, I'm thinking of something. Walking Tall, but it was somebody else. Oh, they remade that with The Rock, I that think. That was Sheriff Buford T. Pusser was his name. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. Yeah, so anyway, they, uh, they bought about 530 acres of land. Uh, where the the Cumberland Library now sits, um, and the monastery once sat in that location. So, not only not only does it have a history of uh, you know torture and battles as far as the Native Americans and the white men were concerned, right? But to make it even more creepy than that, we all know how monks are creepy. They are. You know, they walk around They're chanting silently with their little round uh, bald haircuts. Well, that's the Franciscans have that. Oh, I don't think they all have that. They don't all have that. No. Okay. They don't all have the weirdo uh, reverse whatever you call it. Really? hole in the middle of the head. Yeah, no. That's a pretty cool look, though. I think more people should do that. Yeah. So anyway, uh, as, as I stated, the, the monastery was located on that location, and they were there for probably about 50 years or so, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, can you, you can imagine the various things that took place in the abbey well, and, you know, uh, in the church over that over that course of time. So, um, but back in the, like I said, back in the fifties, I think it was the early fifties, nineteen fifty two, fifty three, or something like that. Let me refer back to my notes. Uh, nineteen fifty or so. Yep. Um, there was a fire, a tragic fire that oh. uh, started in the basement of the church, I believe. Some monk was uh, lighting up uh, his pipe or something. Nah, they were down there. They were smoking the green stuff. They were doing something Those nasty. Those monks used to get get funky, I think. Yep. But uh, anyway, unfortunately, it uh, burned the church almost down to the it ground. It is unfortunate. There's uh, there's some ruins still left. But so the the monks they moved out. They get out of there. They they pretty much abandoned the area, and mm-hmm. it, it remained that way for a while. And when Mike and I were youths, youths. before the town of Cumberland took over and, and uh, <laughs> attached the library to it, yep. There used to be an event there. It was called the Haunted Monastery, basically. Yes, the Haunted Monastery. I remember that from vividly from a youth. Yeah, actually, it was one of the. If I may digress for just a moment. Sure. So the Haunted Monastery was a haunted attraction, much like you would find uh, in the world today, where you know you pay an admission fee and you go to get scared. People jump out of bushes and so on and so forth. But this one was, was unique because it was one of the only ones in the area. And I believe we were in middle school at the time. Mm. And it was one of the first... It was actually the first time that I we that I participated in a group date. Yes, there were there were date. young ladies involved. There were. I was so excited. Yeah, we were. I we could barely plan- contain my little self. We planned it for weeks, 
my my father offered to drive us to the haunted monastery in our big grocery getter van. Yeah, it was, it was like a, a 1986 Chevy van. It was a big van with a bed in the back. No, there was no bed, but it was a big cavernous uh, van with yeah. no no seats. Yep. So we used to we we piled in the back of it, no seat belts and nothing, and uh, we we traveled to the haunted monastery in Cumberland. Where we thought we were going to get lucky. Yeah, and believe it or not, there was no alcohol involved. No, this is middle So school. you can only imagine what kind of courage it took for me very, very to uh, to get close to these ladies. Yeah. And I felt fortunate because uh, it was- Some of the hottest ladies I've ever seen. Yeah, how do, I don't know how we pulled that off. Uh, I don't know. But it was, uh, it was cold outside, and uh, a couple of the ladies were kind of nuzzling up to me to keep me warm. Oh, man. I don't know how that happened either. What a, what a good time that and, was. And, and of course, at the end of the night where everyone can expect nothing happened. No, but we did go back to your place. Uh, we ended up in the basement. Yes. And uh, anyway, yeah, it so was fun. The haunted monastery was was a, an uh, annual attraction that they did at the, on this site, and it had nothing to do with the area with Nine Men's Misery. It was actually the front, uh, in the frontal area there. Yeah, they, they actually used to have a uh, uh, medieval times type medieval uh, uh, fair there as well. Oh, see, summer, I don't remember that. In the summertime, yeah, they would do like. Uh, a very small version of if if anyone's from the New England area, they have King Richard's Fair, which yep. is a annual uh, Renaissance fair where everybody comes and dress up. And I, I actually like one of those things. They're kind of expensive mm. these days. You eat the giant turkey leg. You eat you? the big turkey leg. You get to see some uh, cleavage of women walking around uh, with their corsetry on. You can go in the uh, the torture area. I know you like that. You know what? What I do in the privacy the privacy of my own home is none of your business. Okay. So at some point in our in the recent uh, near past. The town of Cumberland uh, assumed control of the property, um, and you know they put some walking trails back there. They uh, built a library. They retrofitted a library to the existing uh, remains of the uh, monastery and the church. So if you go to the library, mm-hmm. which is on the right side of the building, which is a newer structure, if you go in there and you walk through the hallway, you can you can get to a hallway that's connecting the new portion to the old portion. Oh, okay. And you can see the. Uh, you know the Cistercian uh, crosses on the fl- on the ground, right, and it's right. like this marble and ornate uh, decorations. Mm-hmm. So you can still kind of make out where the, the the monastery and the church were located. Right. And uh, before you get it, I know you're going to talk a little bit about uh, the, the reputation of the monastery. But before we get to that, I wanted to cover um, just our our personal experiences at the the Nine Men's Misery site because it is a little bit. It's probably what I would say maybe 500 yards from. Would you say about from the from the monastery itself? Well, the, the tree line is, but you have to walk through the tree, through the yeah. woods a little bit to get so, there. So anyway, so the 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 site of Nine Men's Misery, where the marker is that Jay just read a couple minutes ago, is you know it, it's a it's it, the colonists are buried there, so it's essentially it's a graveyard. So mm-hmm. It should be treated with some respect, you know, some modicum of respect. But you find, you know, natty ice cans littered about, of course, uh, from the idiot kids that go there and graffiti. drink and graffiti and stuff. Uh, they do their best to kind of keep it nice and and uh, and it's also you know it's a dare spot that you go because it's supposed to be really haunted and so on. Um, but the, the times that I've been there, my personal experience is I've never never seen an apparition or anything like that. However, it is a really uneasy feeling being there. Mm. Uh, one of the things that I noticed is that it's very quiet where there's no it doesn't seem like there's a lot of bird activity. There's no you know how you're normally walking through the woods you hear a lot of different ambient noises. Mm. Can't really hear any of that there. It's really kind of a a downtrodden place. So I think, uh, so we're right about the, the halfway point in the show. Um, so I think what we're going to do is we're, we'll take a quick break. We're going to, uh, we're going to uh, collect ourselves. We have a little bit, a musical bit, if you will, uh-huh. spoken word slash musical bit that we're going to do. Spoken word. Poetry. And uh, after that, we're going to get back into some of the haunted experiences at the library and the monastery grounds. Yes. Uh, I have, I have a, a story to tell that uh, something that occurred uh, to me and my family when I was there, which I Ooh. thought was kind of interesting. Interesting. So we'll get to that in just a second. So as you know, here on the Eon Project, we really enjoy uh, you know breaking up the show a little bit. We enjoy musical numbers. We enjoy guessing games. We enjoy uh, sexually explicit Mad Libs, things of that sort. Things that make you go, hmm. hmm. So today I thought what we'd do is we'd combine a few of these things. So uh, Mike <laughs> and I, Mike was and myself were tasked with coming up with uh, or getting the lyrics to popular 80s hits, yes, 80s and, songs. And what we have to do, it's a game, and you can play along with us. We're going to read the lyrics to these songs uh, in spoken word beat poetry format. Yes. And the other person has to guess what song it is. That's right. So it's going to be a little bit, we haven't played this game before. We haven't done this. But it's going to be fun. We'll see who uh, we'll see who can come out so on top. play along with us, and we, you're on the honor system. Uh, let me know if you win and you can get a magnet. See, I'm usually good about 
the game, like on the radio when you play that game, when the actual song is going. Right. But I don't know if I could do it in without this, the notes in of this the, sense. Without the notes mm. of the music. You want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. All okay. Right. So, here we go. Ready? <clears throat> Build up your confidence so you can be on top four once. <laughs> Wake up. Who cares about little boys who talk too much? I've seen it all go down. The game of love was all rained out. Mm. Let me be the one to hold you. It sounds like some sort of love song. Mm-hmm. Clearly, a love a love uh, ballad. Yes. So that makes me think of... Uh, you know what were some of the some of the bands that had some good love? There were a lot of good love ballads in the eighties. A lot of good love ballads, yes. And when you the very first line, I thought that I was going to get it there for a second, mm-hmm. but uh, it, it's escaping me. Is it a Bon Jovi song? It is not. Mm. Is that your final guess? Yeah, it's not coming to me. So I think you should actually sing it in the way it's supposed to be now. Okay, I'll sing it the way. It's... Build up your confidence so you can be on top for once. Wake up. Oh, that's Mr. Big. Yes, ah. Mr. Big. To be with you. To be with you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think it was my singing ability. To build up your confidence. I knew it. Oh, I should have known that one. All right, here all right. we go. You ready? I'm ready to go. I'm saying all the things that I know you'll like. Making good conversation. I gotta handle you just right. You know what I mean. I took you to an intimate restaurant, <laughs> then to a suggestive movie. <laughs> There's nothing left to talk about unless it's horizontally. <laughs> Let's see if you can get this one. Oh my this God. might be tough for you. Oh my God! So it's uh, it's an uh, I'll give you. It's 1982. It was released. Suggestive movie. Mm. <laughs> I'll even give you another clue. It's a female singer. Ah, oh, okay. Female singer. So, given that time frame, I'm going to guess yep. that it's uh, Lita Ford. No? Nope. Stevie Nicks. No. I'm sorry. I have no idea. That's uh, <laughs> that's Physical by Olivia Newton-John. Really? Yeah. So, uh, wow. No, I didn't. And I don't know the melody. I was going to say. Do you, how so do you I can't s- sing it. How do you sing it? <laughs> we don't know. I'm not sure. That one's up in the air. All right. Go ahead. Do we give the listeners a breather or what? No, no. We'll just get into the next one. Okay, here's the next one. Ready? Yeah. I don't drink or smoke ain't into dope. Won't try no coke. Ask me how I do it. I cope. My only addiction has to do with the female species. Oh, I I think I know who this is. I eat them raw like sushi. (laughs) Is that Ted Nugent? No. Oh, that sounds like something he'd write, though. That sounds like a Ted Nugent song. It does, but it's not. You want to do it again? Oh. Hmm. This this may be a little challenging, because you probably... You'll know the refrain of the song. Yeah. But you won't know the the verses. That's that's probably why. All right. Well, sing sing the chorus, then. No, because that gives it away instantaneously. Oh, I'm not going to get it. I don't like sushi. (laughs) Oh, my God. Suave. Rico Suave. Rico Suave by, Seriously? Ger- by Gerardo. You pull that one out. <laughs> oh, my God. He eats them like sushi, man. All right. All right. Let's see. All right. I- I'll do one more. Mm-hmm. This is another female artist. I'll give you a clue on that. You're stuck on the females. 1985. Oh, you know what? That would have been helpful to give the year. Yeah. I made it through the wilderness. Somehow, I made it through. Didn't know how lost I was. Until I found you. I was beat. Incomplete. I'd been had. I was sad and blue. But you made me feel. Yeah, you made me feel shiny and new. Aretha Franklin? (laughs) (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Made me feel shiny and new. Oh, that's a tough one. It sounds very familiar. Um, You made me feel shiny and new. Did that help? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that one is. What is That's that? Like a Virgin by Madonna. Oh, oh. like a... F- oh. Yes. This game is a lot harder than it sounds. It is. You, feel, you, th- you figure you'll get it right away, but when you... Uh, and, and actually, there's a friend, and I'll give him a shout-out. There's a friend of mine named Jeff lives in Nashville. Yeah. He's a huge music fan. I bet he's listening. Actually, he's, he probably is. He's a big fan of the show. Uh, and I every once in a while, we'll send him 
uh, random lyrics, usually from classic rock songs or that 70s. He gets them every single time. Really? Every single, and he doesn't Google them. I know he doesn't because he gets. You back think to he would have got that? You I don't know. If, he, if Jeff, if you're listening, send me a message that if you if you got any of those because uh, I bet you did. I bet you got some of that. That's good. Yeah. So I think we'll jump we'll jump into some of the the paranormal events supposedly yes. that have occurred. Uh, you know, on the Nine Men's Misery site, as well as the, yeah. the monastery area. So we're discussing the oldest veterans memorial in the United States, which is Nine Men's Misery, located behind the Cumberland Library, Cumberland, Rhode Island. So the reason we mention this Cistercians, because they have an interesting um, place in history in, in this country that most people don't realize. And that's one of the things that Scott Walter likes to talk about, is how he believes that they're tied in with, um, you know, Norse and uh, possibly Irish travelers, pre-Columbian travelers, uh, around the uh, year eight, uh, you know, one thousand A.D. Mm-hmm. and so on, that uh, that came to the Americas long before Columbus, obviously, and uh, explored the New World uh, and left some interesting clues uh, around the area. One being the Kensington Runestone. Yes, the Kensington Runestone, which he's an, uh, Scott Walter is an expert on. He wrote a whole book on that, did he not? He did. He did. I won't go into too much detail today, but it's a runic stone that was found in Minnesota by. Uh, some farmers when they were digging up their land and supposedly predates Columbus by hundreds of years. Oh. Um, but the Cistercians supposedly were kind of involved in all of that early exploration of, of America. So they have a lot of secrets uh, to to be sure. So the Cistercian Monastery, which part of, part of it is still there, there's a lot of the, uh, the symbology and things associated with um, early American pre-Columbian explorers. I, I found when you're yeah. just walking around there, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. Right. So... Um, so yeah, so we're gonna do the Scott Walter follow up interview. Probably post that a couple days yeah, after this this really show is posted. He, so you, he, I'm sorry to interrupt. Yep. you. he gets involved with a lot of the, uh, as you say, a lot of the other sites around America that were, it's indicated in that that people pre-Columbian were, European settlers were here pre-Columbian. Actually, it's very interesting. I'm not sure. I think he gets into it. There's a, a connection with the Templars yes. and. Uh, uh, Henry Sinclair, and, and yep. if you've never read, if you've never read anything about that, it's very interesting. Uh, there's a, there's stuff that's in, uh, in Rosalind Chapel, which mm-hmm. is a uh, Henry Sinclair family built chapel in uh, that's in uh, Ireland, I believe, right? Uh, or Scotland. I'm sorry, Scotland. Yep. And uh, there's some ornamentation on the on Rosalind Chapel that shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just to, to whet your whistle slightly. Uh, there's a there's a relief. You know what a relief is? Oh yeah, it's like a relief is a uh, comes off of the surface. That's correct. It's like a uh, sculpture that comes off of a surface of uh, of a wall or, or or fixture. Anyway, there's a a relief of maize mm. which is not found in Scotland na- naturally and wouldn't have been discovered in uh, Scotland for many hundreds of years uh, after Rosalind Chapel had been built. You know what I always thought was a, was a interesting and a redundant uh, statement. You know, like around Halloween they have these. Uh, you go out on these uh, hay rides, and mm-hmm. they have these uh, apple fairs and things like that. Yes, they have corn mazes. I was gonna say it's a maze maze. It's a maze maze. It's amazing. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. Did you see what I did there? All right. So not to go too off, uh, far off topic. No. So, like we said, being that um, you know, there's been a lot of tragedy associated with with the local area. Uh, being that there was a monastery there, probably several deaths throughout the course of the history of the monastery and the abbey. Abbey normal. So it's caught the attention of various paranormal groups. Um, yeah. And, you know, Mike and I have done our own uh, informal uh, research into the area, and we've been there on numerous occasions. Actually, I spoke to uh, – I'll get to that in a minute. I spoke to the director of the library once. Did yep. you ever hear that story? Yeah, I'm sure I did. Um, anyway, continue. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you in a minute. Yeah, so <clears throat> um, th- even the TV show Ghost Hunters has has done a uh, an episode there, which you can go out and, and you can watch that for yourself on YouTube or whatever. Take that with – for whatever it's worth, but um, when I myself was there, I used to my my children were much smaller. They used to like to go there and take part in the the various children's activities that were there. And, and there's a nice playground there to this day. There is, yeah, it's a very nice playground that the kids have played in. So uh, my son always thinks that you know he 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 finds this stuff interesting as well. And uh, so I told him a little bit about the history of the library and how it was supposedly haunted, and there was you know they investigated it and all that stuff. So we're in the library, mm-hmm. we enjoyed our festivities at the library, looking at books, playing some <laughs> games, things of that sort, arts and crafts, and Ooh. all kinds of things like that. It's a whole day. So we went ahead with my two small children in tow. Uh, I walked from the library side into the older uh, 
hallway that connected so the. So you went into an unauthorized area. No, no, oh, no, oh, no. Oh. This is authorized. Oh, it's supposed. You're supposed to be there. It's right. the old hallway that connected the monastery to the church, I, I guess. See. And you can walk through there because at the end of the hallway, the darkened hallway, there is a uh, an elevator. Right. That you can take. I think I believe we were on the first floor. You can take it to the second floor. Now, there's supposedly there's three levels there, right? Right. Would you have to go upstairs for though? We didn't go upstairs. We went into the elevator. Oh, oh! What would you need to get in the elevator for? Oh, there's another to, level. There's to another the level library. to the library. I got it. Okay. So we walk down the old hallway, and now there is a third floor, but you cannot access it from the from the elevator because it's only a public. You have to have a special key and all this stuff to go up up Ooh. top. So as I'm telling my son about the haunted history of this place, we hit the the number two to go to the second floor. Right. The elevator. The doors close. The elevator shoots up to the third floor or to shoots up. I don't know what floor it's on. I th- I'm assuming it's the second it's floor. It's not on the 30th floor. Because the light for the number two was, was illuminated. Right. Right. So, like, the doors open. So, the doors suddenly opened, and we were in a darkened, <laughs> uh, it looked like a hell hell pit. What? Oh, yeah. It was, it was, it was like, uh, there was fallen uh, rocks on the ground. Rocks? Like, uh, you know, like, uh, like cinder blocks. Like, really? the place was in, in disarray. It was in shambles. It was darkened. And my son, not expecting this, when the door opened, <laughs> he was going to run out into the hallway. Right. And he got two steps out of the elevator and realized that he was walking into the tunnel of death. Wow. And uh, So where were the, where the heck were you? I don't know. We you were on to some, a different level. We were on some authorized, unauthorized level. Either that or it was some spiritual uh, portal that well, we entered. You, you laugh, but there's, there's lots of established reports of people who have said they've gotten into elevators, gotten off uh, – where they think they're going, yeah. and it's not where they think, and there's some sort of time slip, some sort of uh, yeah. uh, interdimensional travel. So was, I don't, was that you? I, I, possibly. I don't know. I mean, so I, I quickly grabbed him by the collar and yanked him back into the elevator because I wasn't quite sure what was going on up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get out of Did there. you ever find out where that was? I don't know. It was no. probably the basement, if I had to imagine. Yeah, maybe. That's probably right. So anyway, so besides the fact that there's uh, there's been reported paranormal activity in the, in the monastery and so mm. on and so forth, and in the grounds, um, one of the one of the supposed paranormal incidents that happened inside the library was the water faucets would turn on and off independently without yeah. anybody being there. Now it's a lot easier to believe that it's a ghost turning on the faucets than it is that, that it's a plumbing problem, right? Well, well, can I tell you this? It's a lot easier to, to think. I've been to the library numerous times, yep. and they are motion activated <laughs> water faucets. Okay. So even the slightest yeah, sure. movement will turn them on. Well, and not only that, I mean they're electronic, so they could they could right. malfunction. Well, anyway, so but uh, and, and oh, you know, one of the reports too that I had run across was that there, supposedly a ball of light will chase you mm. through the grounds. Yeah, never saw that ball of light. However, based on all these reports, I did have a conversation with the library director uh, a few years about a few years ago. I was looking to see if uh, if we could get in there and do some sort of checking or whatever, what have you. Yep. Uh, and she, in no uncertain terms, told me, look, there is no haunting. There's nothing paranormal that takes place here. I've been here for 20 years. No one has ever said anything to me about it. And I don't, it's just all uh, rumors and, and innuendos that, that make it out there. So uh, if which, anyone was going to know, it would be this person. Which I, I find ironic because shortly thereafter, they called the Ghost Hunters TV show. That's correct. And paid so, them on. Well, which actually goes to what we talked about before, where some sometimes businesses and of the like will um, say that they're haunted and, and have these people come out and investigate it just to up the reputation of whatever establishment that it is. Yep. So it's not to say that uh, that it is haunted, not to say that it's not, but we just never ran into anything there. I mean, I would say, you know, if, if you know, purported uh, spirits and, and ghosts and paranormal events are real, mm-hmm. Uh, wouldn't they? Wouldn't they be pretty much everywhere? There'd be a prevalence of them pretty much anywhere. Whether or not you right. are live in an old monastery or you live in a newer home, I mean. Well, I think part of the, one of the one of the theories about about paranormal activity and ghosts and spirits is that is that they uh, could possibly be an energy that has uh, attached itself to a geographic location because of something that occurred there. So whether there was a severe emotional trauma, whether it was a, uh, specific death or an event or so on and so forth. And the nine men's misery site, if, if, if that theory is to be believed, the nine men's misery site is a perfect place for that because you have the agonizing death of nine people mm-hmm. in a very, in a very concentrated area, which actually has ha- that, I'm sure that that type of thing has happened in many, many places that we're not aware of. Um, but this, this, for some reason, site gained a reputation as being haunted and it's continued throughout the years so who's to say what's going so on so one thing i wanted to bring up with uh, our guest nicole last week 
mm-hmm. which, you know, we use the term paranormal and supernatural to pretty much explain things that we don't really understand, right? Right. My theory, my take on it is there really is no uh, such thing as paranormal or supernatural. And what I mean by that, I don't, I don't mean that there's not mysterious things that happen. Right. But if these things happen, like let's take our guest last week who supposedly can see the spirits of right. dead people and mm-hmm. things of that sort. Would that be a, a, a supernatural ability? Would that be a paranormal ability? Would that be – or would that just be a, a, an ability that somebody has that some other people just can't harness into? You know what I mean? For example – Well, that's why we say it's paranormal. It's not It's not necessarily normal. It's Yeah, it's not nor- – I, I believe that these things are normal and natural. We just don't understand them. Right. You know what I mean? For example, like the, uh, you know, a, a track athlete who can sprint quickly. You know, I don't have that ability. No. I, matter of fact, I rolled my ankle running up the street the other day. You did? I, uh, no, that was not good. You know, I've, I've come to the conclusion that uh, my athletic prowess mm. uh, is long in the past. Long long since left you, huh? Long in the past, yeah. Seven surgeries ago? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, so we all have our crosses to bear. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so uh, to your point, so it's just, it's not a matter of, it's not a matter of uh, supernatural ability, meaning that it, it's magic. Exactly. It's something that we just don't understand. Well, some people can and some people can't. Right. That's all. That's right. So that's why they call it that. You're right about that. Anyway. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, what kind of shoes you're wearing? <laughs> <laughs> no. So anyway, uh, we got some great shows that are coming up uh, in, in the near future. We're getting towards the fall, which we all enjoy the fall. Sure. Uh, especially in New England, you know, the leaves start to change. It's, it's the end of August and the leaves are already starting to change. It's been abnormally cold. It's all that global warming. It's a little chilly. It was it got down to 52 degrees last night on my yeah. way home from work. So we got we got some shows lined up that are kind of creepy a little bit. Uh, and, and actually, for those of you who are interested in the true crime uh, genre, and I know I have a lot of Twitter friends and followers mm. who are into the true crime uh, business, so to speak, um, we're going to be talking about the Amityville horror case. That's right. Uh, and the associated murders that took place there. We're, we're planning actually a multi-episode arc. Uh, related to the Amityville Horror, so that so that the parts of it related to true crime, you guys will will be in. Yeah, and we're, and we're always looking for new and interesting uh, guests to bring on. That always yeah. ends up being uh, pretty good and well received, I should say. Yep. Um, so if you are out there and uh, you have something you want to talk about, if you're a semi expert on something, or you've had a paranormal event, yeah, take place in your life, we'd like to uh, speak with you. Yep. So just send us an email at Mike and. Uh, no. no. What is it? It's The Eon Project. <laughs> I was looking at you and I was thinking, thinking it's it. It's The Eon Project at yahoo.com. You can also get, there's a link to our email on our site, which is theeonproject.com. Yeah. You can also send us a Twitter note or a Facebook uh, Facebook post or note or whatever, what have you. We're easily accessible. Always here for you. Yeah. Also, I wanted to mention too, you know, we talked a lot about the Nine Men's Misery location in our local area here. If you are in the local area or you want to come visit from outside the area and you'd like a tour of the area yeah. of, of that location. Yeah, you or might, you want to just hang out and have a couple you, uh, adult you, beverages with you, us. You might need some uh, some bodyguards, and Jay and I are both uh, physical specimens, yeah. if you will. Yeah, uh, we get some moves on us. Yep, and uh, we, we would be very happy to protect you as you walk through the mean streets and back roads of Cumberland, Rhode Island. Yeah, we'll walk around there, and as Mike stated, you know, Halloween is coming. Uh, we don't live too far from Salem, Massachusetts. No, we don't. We'll probably do some... Uh, Halloween themed episodes. Yep. We are going to do some of that. Talk about the Salem witch trials. Yep. Uh, things associated with that. Um, I, that should be uh, interesting too as we get closer and closer to that particular time of the year. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. So with that being said, you want to recap? No. Oh, we've right. already recapped. Okay. Do you like Big Macs? What do you think of the uh, Big Mac sandwich? You know what I really liked? I really liked it when they had the uh, the the Grande Big Mac. Oh. Did you ever have that? Yeah, because just a regular Big Mac no. is not deaf enough for you. <laughs> it was two quarter pound patties instead of the smaller. Uh, yeah, the smaller patties. I've seen that. It was delicious. So they I don't gotta, have it anymore. I got to tell you a quick Big Mac story before okay. we go. Yep. <clears throat> so, um, well, relatively recently, I was out. Uh, a couple friends of mine. We uh, went to a local establishment. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of fun. We had uh, some uh, adult beverages. No. You know, there was a. It was an open mic. We played some music. So on the way home, of course, uh, you know, you get that. Post bar, post alcohol hungers, yes, right? Sure. So I try to avoid fast food whenever possible. Right. But at that point, I was hungry. Uh, I was about a, a 0. .20 blood alcohol content, <laughs> so I didn't care what I was eating. So we decided to go through the local uh, McDonald's drive-through mm-hmm. at roughly about two a.m. So uh, you know, of course, we proceeded to order a. Luckily, it was open. A bevy of uh, or a plethora, if you will, of uh, greasy uh, 
foodstuffs mm-hmm. and uh because you can never you think you can never get get enough when you're when you're that hungry so one of the things that was ordered was a was a big mac one of the things that was ordered <laughs> one of the things yes okay so the big mac it's not a complex burger by any well, i don't means. know there's a lot of ingredients there's two all beef patty special sauce lettuce cheese pickles onions and a sesame seed bun oh before i finish my story do you guys do you remember the big uh mcdonald's menu song no <clears throat> i don't remember that. we were kids you get a happy meal i gave you a little record and had all the- no <laughs> It I went don't. something like this. Big Mac McDLT, a quarter pounder with some cheese filet, a fish, a hamburger, a cheeseburger, a Happy Meal, McNuggets, tasty golden French fries, a little large size. That was really good, and I don't know how but you But anyway, so I know the whole thing still. Apparently. I memorized it. But anyway, so I get my Big Mac. <laughs> I'm starving. Yeah. I take a nice big bite of the Big Mac, because uh-huh. I can eat a Big Mac. When I'm real hungry, I can eat it in like three bites. Uh-huh. Right? I squish it down, I eat it. There was nothing in the Big Mac. Then you get the heaves. There was only, there was bun, a little bit of meat. Another section of bun, a little more meat, another bun. No lettuce. No lettuce. No special sauce. <gasps> it wasn't handcrafted. It wasn't like hand we talked cr- about. Handcrafted. Oh my god, I was so upset. So what did you do? Did you bring it back? No, I ate it. No, because it was two in the morning and you needed to exactly. Eat. I ate it anyway. It was one dry burger. I will tell you that right now. That's horrible, man. It, it never bad. looks like it. You know what? If you ever got food at a fast food joint and yeah. it looked like the ad, mm. you would be you would be astounded. True. It never looks like that. Yep. As a matter of fact, I watched a documentary once about how they stage food. It's not even stuff. food. It's not. A lot they, of like, times, put varnish on that's it. That's correct. A lot of times, it's not real food. Uh, one of the things that sticks out in my mind is uh, ice cream. When you see ice cream on an ad, it's yeah. not ice cream. It's usually vegetable shortening, <laughs> and they they just color it, yeah, and be, so that it doesn't melt. You know, because they take pictures of it, and it takes a long time, and yep. it, they don't want it to melt. Mm. So a lot of times, it looks like it's delicious and appetizing, and in actuality, you wouldn't want to eat. Right? It. They paint it. Yep. They do. Paint. They do all kinds of. There's actually a job it. food. Um, food stager or I don't know exactly what they call it but you're, oh. you're like a food a presentation you're artist. like the, the fluffer of the food world yes hmm. Hmm. interesting hmm. alright I think we're going to wrap it up yeah why don't we call it a day and uh, yeah we'll be back uh, next time with a new and exciting episode send we'll- us a note you know we'd like to hear from you we, we do hear from our fans every once in a while fans, friends uh, drop us a note at theeonproject at yahoo.com check us out on our website theeonproject.com yeah and of course uh, we our Facebook friends are still staring at us here and, uh, I don't even I, think it's working. But I'm we'll not even out. quite sure if that's received or not. I don't if think it's so. well received at all. No, so uh, they don't want to see us. It anymore. was an experimentation, and uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. And we yep. may never do it again. Nope. Or next time we'll just be in a couple pair pair pasties and in case anyone's watching thong underwear. Right. All right. I think that wraps it up. So until next time, just remember the truth exists. Believe it. <laughs> <laughs>